0: A'udhu billahi minash shaitani rajeem rahmani rahmanir rahim La ilaha illallah Muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam I greet you my brothers and sisters with the universal greeting the greeting that has been used by the messengers the prophets of Allah Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh I am very grateful to be back here in Garden Village. Shukran to Sheikh Amin Shkruda for giving me this opportunity, my 106th Jummah lecture across the country, Alhamdulillah. I'd like to give you a translation of some of the verses of the glorious Qur'an. It says, O people of Scripture, Come to common terms, come to an agreement between us and you. Who are the people of the scripture? The people of Musa salam, the people of Isa salam, what you call Jews and Christians and the Muslims. Let's come to common terms between us and you. Come to a common agreement that we worship none but Allah. We worship none but Allah. That we associate no partners with Him. There's no other power other than the one unique power and that we erect not from among ourselves, that we not take from among ourselves lords and patrons. We don't make from among ourselves people in a demigod status other than Allah that is to be worshipped. If they turn away then say we are among those who have surrendered in Islam, that we have surrendered to Allah So, the Qur'an encourages us to establish a dialogue and talk the people of the book with each other. Another verse I want to give you a translation of is, Shall we indeed call on others besides Allah? That means, shall we depend on others besides Allah? Things that can do us neither good nor harm. And turn our heels after receiving guidance from Allah. See, shall we depend on things besides Allah, things that can do us neither good nor harm, and turn our heels after receiving guidance from Allah. Like one who the evil ones have made into a fool wandering bewildered through the earth even though his friends call, come to us, guiding him to the path that those who turn away from Allah, the Quran says it's like a fool wandering in bewilderment through this earth they just get excited about all kinds of things in this world even though they are people calling, come to us, guiding him to the path say Allah's guidance is the only true guidance And we have been directed to surrender ourselves to the Lord of the world. So, Allah's guidance is the only true guidance. We have been directed to surrender ourselves to the Lord of the world. So, Tawheed, the oneness of Allah, is the central part of being a Muslim and having Iman, Tawheed. And there are many verses that guide us to Tawheed. The Tawheed is the way. And it was the way of Ibrahim, a.s. who the Quran tells us was neither a Jew nor a Christian, but he was one inclined to truth and surrendered himself into Surrender to Allah, Oneness of Allah, Tawheed So I want to speak to us today about Firstly guidance because guidance is from Allah and He guides us Through the Quran and through the beloved Prophet Muhammad Because with guidance we are enlightened With guidance we go beyond superstition With guidance we go beyond ignorance With guidance we go beyond being lost and a lot of us are not open to guidance and we end up with problems and then we ask Allah for help but He is the one who has given us guidance and we are to turn to Him and in guidance, receive guidance. A lot of people are looking for help but very few people are looking for guidance and a lot of the people that are looking for help do not have guidance and have not heeded guidance. The Quran speaks about knowledge. About 800 times in the Glorious Qur'an it is emphasized the importance of seeking knowledge. Oh Allah increase me in knowledge. Learning is very important. Open to guidance and learning is very very important. Today people are living their lives without seeking guidance, without seeking to learn. But I want to quote to you from a non-Muslim's writing about the Muslim civilization. His name is Franz Rosenthal. He's not a Muslim. He writes in a book called Knowledge Triumphant. He writes, he says, he speaks about the Muslims being committed to ilm, knowledge, the acquisition of knowledge, the development of knowledge, and the transmission of knowledge. That the Muslim society prevailed all others, over other societies and led to the renaissance because of the willingness to learn and understand and make sense and go beyond superstition and ignorance. Anyway, he says, the Islamic civilization is characterized by knowledge, ilm, for ilm is one of those concepts that have dominated Islam and given Muslim civilization its distinctive shape and complexion. let will say that again. Islamic civilization is characterized by knowledge, ilm. And ilm is one of those concepts that have dominated Islam and given Muslim civilization its distinctive shape and complexion. What is that? The, when the beloved Prophet Sallallahu shared with the Arabs truth and the dedication to truth and they started learning, they transformed themselves, and they transformed the world through the sciences that are Islamic sciences. If you read about it, it's remarkable that most of the learning we have today in astronomy and science is because of the Muslim Arabs and the guidance of the beloved Prophet. It goes on to say, there is no branch of Muslim intellectual and daily life that remained untouched by the all-pervasive attitude towards knowledge as something of supreme value for the Muslim being. There is no branch of Muslim intellectual thinking and daily life the way you live that remained untouched by, all, by the all-pervasive attitude towards knowledge as something of superior value for Muslim beings. It means the willingness to know more and understand more and make sense and grow is part of the Muslim heritage. I don't know today. He wrote this decades ago talking about how the advances were made and the Muslims guided the other people. They guided them. See? And I don't know about you, but I don't know about people who are interested in learning today. I don't know. People say, why must I learn? For what? Does it make me more money? Does it improve my life in some way? People are just followers of religion and are not into the Islamic attitude of learning. So I'm here to encourage you to open up to guidance and open up to a spirit of learning, especially learning about Tawheed, the oneness of Allah, which is the most important thing. So I'm going to share with you some interesting facts that you may find interesting that I have learned over the years. And I'll tell you this, that Ibrahim a.s. was given the title Friend of Allah and he was not an Abrahamian. He didn't start any religion. He was one who surrendered his will in Islam and the obedience to Allah and he was against association of partners with Allah. Meaning the recognition of Allah as a unique being worthy of worship and there is no other partners. There's nothing else to be impressed about other than Allah. His own family created idols. So Ibrahim didn't start a religion. He was one who surrendered in Tawheed. Musa didn't start a religion. He wasn't a Jew. He never said, I'm a Jew, we are Jews. He too followed in the way of Ibrahim because that's what it is all about the Mila of Ibrahim to follow in the way and Ibrahim had two sons. One was Ishaq, from where you get Moses and Jesus. The other one is Ismail Ishmael, you get the Prophet Muhammad. So Ibrahim made a dua for his people and these guidance came because of his status even in Islamic teaching, you understand durood ibrahim that we ask Allah to raise or bless the Prophet as he gave the rank to Ibrahim alayhi So you understand the rank of Ibrahim Islam. And his own family were idolaters. They made idols. But he stood for truth, and he was into the oneness, the singularity, the unity, ahad, ikhad, whatever you want to call it. Same was with Moses, Musa Jesus never heard the word Christian in his life and he never said we are Christians He too surrendered to Allah He too was one who recognized the greatness of Allah and he prayed to Allah See, When his people, the Jews because he was part of that people refused to accept him and they tried to kill him the favor was taken away and given to the other son Ishmael and his descendant, which is where our beloved Prophet Muhammad comes from. So we are actually one people. Let us come to common terms between us and you. You see, a lot of us don't understand. When you meet a Christian, you don't know. You meet a Jew, you don't know. You can't explain to them because you don't know. That's what I'm telling you come to know so that you can know what you have and what's going on and then you can do guidance work and knowledge work with the people. So I want to talk to you about our prophet that is Isa who was given in the Quran the title of the word of God and also the spirit of God, Isa Jesus last week christians were celebrating good friday they're talking about jesus i want to tell you about jesus isa, <laughs> firstly he never heard the word jesus in his life nobody called him jesus his name was esau in aramaic arabic it's isa in classical his name was Yeshua, which was joshua but nobody called him jesus and nobody called him mr christ that is greek see Secondly, he was not a European man with blonde hair and blue eyes. He was from the Middle East. The Bible says his skin was like, you know, burnt brass. and His hair was like lamb's wool. See. Furthermore, he never said, I am God anywhere in the Bible. Nor did he ever say, worship me. Not a single person ever worshipped Isa when he walked on the earth. This is not what I'm telling you from the Quran. I'm telling you from historic facts. You understand? The teachings of Isa is the Injil. What is known as Christianity is not the teachings of Isa. It is the teachings of Paul. Christianity should be called Paulinism because it's got to do more with Paul, who never met Jesus or Isa, a.s. and he started his own thing subsequently. And later on, Constantine influenced by taking over, and they killed the true followers of Isa, and they started their own ideology. So Christianity... I don't have anything against it, I'm not for it. But I'm just telling you, from the Bible perspective and historical perspective, it's not the teachings of Isa. We acknowledge Isa In the Quran, Isa is mentioned 25 times by name. In the Quran, there's a chapter called Chapter Maryam. It's the only chapter in the whole Quran that is named after a female. In fact, in the whole Quran, there is no other female named except Maryam a.s. The other females are called like the wife of Adam, or the mother of Moses, or the queen of Sheba. But the respect that the Quran gives to Isa a.s., and what he really taught the people and what his mother was a true and chaste woman above all other women Muslims have that in the Quran and they're not aware of what is in the Quran so they can't talk to the Christians and say guess what, his name wasn't that guess what, he wasn't blonde and blue eyes why are there pictures of a blonde man everywhere you know Guess what? He never said I am God. Guess what? He never said worship me. I'm not against anybody. I'm not looking for trouble with anybody. I'm here for the truth. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Jesus never heard the word Trinity in his life. He never mentioned it. you understand? The teachings of Isa still remain to some degree in the Bible. Uncorrupt. Some of them. And they are confirmed in the Quran. So in the Quran, we hear about Isa, salam. we hear about Maryam, salam. we also hear about the Holy Spirit, rule kudus. It's actually in the Quran. And we are not aware of what we are actually learning. You know, what's there, we're reading. And we're not telling the people that you are actually following Paul and you are following the church, but you're not following Isa, a.s. So the Quran guides us about Isa salam and he tells us the truth about him he was the spirit from Allah he was the word of Allah but he was a human being and we are in agreement that he was born without male intervention we are in agreement like how Adam and Hawa were born without mother and father Isa salam had no father see And there are other things that I want to share with you that you can become aware of that maybe you can then know and have pride in being a Muslim and knowing the truth about Isa and be able to talk to other people about this in a non-confrontational manner. All right. So Isa was not born in December. Christmas is not his birth date. It is a pagan idea that was followed that the sun would recede and it come to a certain place and the pagan people were afraid the sun would go away completely. So they prayed and the sun comes back. So even Christmas is not the birth date of Isa a.s.a.m. Easter, the whole thing about Easter eggs is pagan rituals. Isa Salam the Quran confirms miracles done by him. He healed the blind, the lepers and even gave life to the dead. Now a lot of Christian people say Isa salam died and he came back to life so he must be God. But Isa salam, through the will of Allah brought a dead man, Lazarus back to life according to the Quran. But Lazarus didn't mean anything. See, coming back from the dead doesn't make you special. Lazarus was brought back from the dead is no issue. You see, the Qur'an also confirms these miracles and even gives you more miracles that were not there in the Bible. The Bible is only from the age of 30 to 33, Isa a.s. information that people have written. We don't even know who wrote it. That's why in the Bible is written, they say the Gospel according to, you know, John. Why not buy John? Because nobody signed those books, we don't know. This is biblical facts that I'm giving you. It's not against anybody. In the Quran, it is said that when Isa A.S. was born, his mother returns to the family with this child. They look at her and they think, you know, what's going on here? We are a good family. You come back with a child. You're not married. She points to the child. And Isa A.S. speaks in his, as a baby in his mother's arms and defends his mother. And says, I am indeed a prophet of Allah. Read it, it's in the Quran. So they read it. In other places, it is said that Isa in the Quran, as a boy, he would fashion clay into little birds and he would breathe and life would come into them and these things that were not would become alive. So it's in the Quran. You don't have to be scared about talking about these things. It actually empowers us and empowers us with truth. See? So in you know the spirit from him is Ruhani Minhu. See? It's in the Quran. Uh, we give Isa a title of the Spirit of Allah. It's in the Quran. We have respect for him as a human being and as a teacher of Ahad, the oneness of Allah. So Jesus never said, worship me, I am God, nowhere in the Bible. He said, actually, that he never called himself the son of God. He always referred to himself in the Bible as the son of man. I am the son of man, son of man. He never said, God is my father. He always said, our father who art in heaven. So the things that the church teaches, with all due respect, is not what Jesus speaks about in the Bible. It's very different, see? And there's nothing you need to be afraid of to actually learn more about this that you can feel confident in your belief of Tawheed. Nobody worshipped Isa a.s. in his life. In fact, Isa a.s. taught people how to worship, like all the messengers of Allah. They taught how to worship Allah. And we follow the, these worshipers in the, in the sense that They gave us guidance about Allah, and we also surrender in Islamic monotheism, Tawheed. So we don't worship worshipers. We do not worship worshipers. Jesus never prayed to himself in his life. Never prayed to himself. See? So, what I want to come back to is Tawheed. Because this is what it's about, Tawheed All these great teachers taught us about Tawheed Tawheed is the unique oneness of Allah The unique oneness of Allah Our focus on Allah as He really is And as He really is worthy of worship Only Allah is worthy of worship Only Allah, nothing and nobody is worthy of worship Nothing and nobody and even Ibrahim made dua for his family and him to be protected from shirk shirk is the association of partners with Allah and even the beloved prophet in a dua also asked for protection that, that he be consciously protected against shirk in things that he does and that things that he doesn't know unknowingly that he be protected from so shirk is something we got to become aware of what is shirk and what is tawhid tawhid and shirk and to, because this is what it's all about if you read a verse of the Quran it says Itta it means be conscious of Allah as he deserves to be conscious of. I don't know why they translate that to fear Allah. Itta this comes from the root word taqwa. It means the consciousness of Allah. Khawf means fear. It doesn't say khawf. It says itta kulla. Be conscious. Be aware. Those who have taqwa are aware of Allah. They live conscious of Allah. They know that Allah is worthy of worship. They know that Allah has no equal. We're not to be impressed with anything else. Our desires or our dreads. But to be impressed with Allah, to get to be aware of Allah. Verse says, become aware of Allah as you ought to be aware of Allah. And do not die except in a state of surrender. Like how Ibrahim surrendered and taught his people. He had one follower, Lut alayhi Salaam. Musa Musa taught his people. And what did his people do? They made a golden calf. After they saw the sea splitting, after they saw amazing miracles, they actually committed shirk. Even the followers of Isa, along the point, something has happened. Now the people are saying there's not one God, there's three gods. The Quran says, do not say Salasa, do not say three, do not resist Trinity. Not good for you. There's only one universal power and we are to be aware of this one universal power supreme and surrender in trust that Allah is my welfare in Him do I place my trust and to Him do I turn see, not to any human being, not to anything in the world so the people of Musa got involved in shirk and the people of Isa got involved in shirk and our beloved prophet Muhammad in hadith he was concerned that his people will get involved in minor shirk you see so you have shirk al akbar when you're really full of shirk you know when you're outwardly saying there is more than one God and these things in the world are God and you speak like you're proud of it and by the way The concept in in Christianity about God killing his son is actually based in what is termed, you know, human sacrifice. Human sacrifice. It was an ancient thing that people, when they wanted to get close to God, they killed their children. You understand? Ibrahim was guided to actually kill his desire or his love for the child, more than the love for Allah, that the need for the child. See? So, this idea of God killing his child is an ancient idea followed by the pagans of child sacrifice. They actually are following a system of child sacrifice. I'm not against anybody, I'm just telling you the truth. You can ask anybody, they'll tell you. That Allah had to, this is the belief, God had to kill his innocent child for the sins of others. An innocent person was killed. But even in the Bible, according to the Quran, Isa a.s. was not killed, nor was he crucified, but it was made to appear to them so. They believed he was killed, but he wasn't killed. In, in, in the Christian idea, with all due respect to our Christian brothers and sisters, the, the idea is that Jesus was killed for the sins of people. And he didn't even stay dead according to them. So there's a lot of things that don't make sense. If God killed for innocent people, person, for other people's sins, why didn't he stay dead? No, why did he come back? You see, these things don't make sense. But when you pose it to somebody in a reasonable way, not against them, not attacking, then at least they can start reasoning. The concept given to us by our beloved Prophet Muhammad wasalam, is that Allah is most forgiving most merciful. However, he does not forgive shirk. Shirk. So, and even among the believers, there are people that may be engaged in shirk. I'm not against attacking anybody. Personally, I'm just telling you about Islamic teaching and guidance. That the Prophet Muhammad in the Hadith said, he was afraid that his people would engage minor shirk, not the ones that are full of shirk, but hidden shirk they may say they believe in one God but in the way they live they believe that there is power in other things that they believe in Allah they say but when they live they act like there is power in money in business in a person that we depend on and we need something of this world so I'm going to end with this because my time is up That I want you to become aware that Allah is Rahman Rahim. Allah is the originator, was never born, doesn't grow old, doesn't die. Everything in this world has a birth, even Jesus, you understand? Grows old, eats food, goes to the toilet. Everything in this world is in time and space, but Allah is the creator of time and space. The unique one unique. Allah is unique You cannot have With your hands make an image of Allah Or with your mind Have an image of Allah Or thinking something in the world Has power equal to Allah That is a kind of shirk See That we actually become aware That Allah is the originator Of all existence There was nothing before Allah Allah is not born from parents and He didn't have children nor does He have brothers and sisters. There is only Allah but always was that is. Human beings are not equal with Allah, that there is Allah and us. We are nothing without Allah. There is no God and. There is only God who is awesome and supreme and He is worthy of worship. He has given humanity existence and life And we are to be aware that He is worthy of our praise Because without Him We do not exist We are literally nothing without Allah If you are something without something like money It's not God If you are something without a job you are, It's not God You can live without money You can live without a job You can live without a man or woman in your life If you can live without it It's not God. But we cannot live without Allah. We live only because of Allah. Allah is the originator and the creator. Allah is the maintainer and sustainer. In this moment we are because Allah is already sustaining us. We are. You don't have to ask Allah, please let me be. Or please let me continue to be. He is the sustaining presence now. And Allah has made it such that the world around us sustains us, that if you plant seeds, it will grow into a tree. You don't have to say, Allah, please grow the seed into a tree. You say, thank you, Allah. Thank you, Allah, that I am and I continue to be. Nothing in the world has given me life, sight and hearing. Nobody. That which has caused me to be, the world to be, the universe to be Is supreme and unique And is worthy of praise, is worthy of glory Is worthy of thanks It's worthy of our putting our trust in Allah This is a true believer that associates no partners with Allah That begins to recognize that that which has originated us Is the only being that can care for us I can't care for me, I can't depend on me I can't uh, depend on you. I can't depend on my business. I can't depend on money. I can't depend, nobody can depend on me. All things in creation depend on Allah for its existence and we cannot depend on ourselves and each others and others must depend on us. We all depend on Allah. He is already sustaining us. He is already ensuring that we live and that we have food. Like I told you, you don't have to say, I'm planting the seed, please grow it. He grows the seed. You don't ask Him for that. You thank Him for that. And this is what I see is a problem. A lot of people are doing a lot of asking from Allah without actually recognizing what He has already given. The Quran says, Verily, it is in the remembrance of Allah that hearts find assurance. Anybody who becomes aware of Allah, they are changed. They cannot remain the same. Anybody who becomes aware of Allah, fear leaves them of this world and they become conscious of Allah and they become cautious. Anybody who becomes aware of Allah is transformed. This is Tawheed. And the Quran speaks about the remembrance of Allah. That you'll find security only in awareness of Him. And the Quran speaks a lot about appreciating the favors of Allah. If you are thankful, I'll give you more. So I say to you, if you become aware that Allah is already sustaining you and what He has already given you, you will be doing more appreciation and you will be having more in your life than having less and trying to get Him to give you more. So with that, shukar alhamdulillah for giving me this opportunity. All praise, glory and thanks be to Allah. There is none worthy of worship and Allah is worthy of worship in every moment of every day and every night. My prayer for you is that you become aware of Allah. Many of us are aware of Islam, but that we become aware of Allah and we become aware that He is worthy of worship. That there is only this unique power and how beautiful and a great treasure he is loving and compassionate to us that he is indeed may our hearts open up to becoming aware of allah to go beyond your body your body can't see allah your mind can't see allah allah is akbar is beyond and above only the heart of a true believer not through your body not through your mind worship is becoming aware of allah Tawheed, and surrendering to him placing yourself in his care who has already been caring for you, instead of denying that you're caring, you're cared for by him, and trying to care for you and your families, etc., etc. Shukran alhamdulillah. All praise, glory, and thanks always be to Allah. His choices, blessings upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh